Well, hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is episode number 102. Thank you for joining us, Ben. Thank you. Really looking forward to episode 102. Me too. This is such a lovely conversation with uh, with Joshua, who's one of our listeners. It's another listener chat, isn't it? It is. It's or a real person chat. <laughs> As I somewhat offensively mentioned, yeah. called it recently. Exactly. When we talk to real people as opposed to fake people. <laughs> but Joshua um, has been a listener of the show for ages. Hi, Joshua. Thank you for talking to me. And he actually wrote a post on a Facebook group that he is a member of. It's for the Straight and Curly podcast. Just outlining, like, outlining a little bit about you know his current situation. Specifically, I think it was about how he and his husband split like family duties, something like that. But he outlined a bit more about his history and his story. And I knew that I absolutely needed to talk to him because he's got so much to to share about overwhelm and balance and finding out what's important and living living according to what's important. So it's, yeah, it's a wonderful conversation. It is. It's a superb conversation for those that of you that are interested in some straight-up storytelling, he goes through and describes in detail his moment, his his sort of breaking point and then subsequent enlightenment period. And we, mm. I know we talk about that a lot, but the way that he describes it is really, really beautiful. Although a, a word of caution, the quality of the sound of this podcast on Joshua's end is not great. Just try and picture rain falling, and that's the sort of vibe that you'll get from that. Uh, Sounds relaxing, to doesn't me. it? Yeah. yeah. So just pretend it's rain rather than internet static. Yeah, it's. I mean, look, it's one of the unfortunate side effects of recording these conversations with people all around the world via Skype, and it's so important to me. And I, I, I keep doing it because you guys keep telling me how much you enjoy it when we chat to people who aren't necessarily you know professional writers and bloggers like people who just have such an amazing story to tell but the downside of that sometimes is that the audio isn't you know isn't outstanding isn't and it, crash hot um yeah. but that is not like at all a reflection on the conversation so we're only mentioning that just to give you fair warning but um please please listen in because it's such a, a just a cracking conversation. It is. Side note, realized how much I say the word cracking, cracking recently. Cracking is a cracking good, cracking good word. Mm. It's something that we're really, really going to improve on this this year is the quality of the sound. Yeah. Even our conversations here. Okay. Are you getting a different co-host? No, just a different mic. Okay. So hopefully have that. Uh, the feedback that you guys have given via our annual listener survey has been fantastic. And if you want to do that, you could go on to jackrabbit.fm slash survey is the best place to go. And there are 13, 14 questions there that we would really appreciate you guys answering. We've had some fantastic responses to date. Some A lot of trends, a lot of things that we knew or we didn't know that you guys have brought attention to so thank you thank you thank you we really really appreciate it oh absolutely it's um yeah it's it's, it's going to help all our shows get better basically yeah and to just know what what you would like to hear more of and less of and what you're looking for in a show and all of those kinds of things it's 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 kind of exciting actually to to see where we may be headed in the near future as a result 
feeling very husky voiced today too. Mm. I was going to say it's like a Scarlett Johansson sort of voice, but it's really not. <laughs> I was at a conference over the weekend, did lots of talking, met met quite a few listeners of ah, the show. So, very good. Yeah. Shout out to all of those lovely people. Thank you for the hugs and the um, the chats and the understanding if I ducked into the toilet for an introvert's break. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to do a podcast on the top five places to do introvert breaks? Yeah, sure, I would. <laughs> when all else fails, there's always a toilet that you can duck into. <laughs> and you go in to describe the differences between a nook and a cranny. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you can always just wear like a jacket with a hood <laughs> as well. So anyway, we laugh, we laugh indeed, but I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. As always, you can head to slowyourhome.com slash 102 today for show notes and links and whatnot, and enjoy this lovely conversation with Joshua and Joshua, by the way, thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. No, seriously, thank you for being so open to sharing and, and, you know, being really honest in in his answers and the conversation that we had i really think that a lot of people are going to gain so lot. do i mm. i really do mm. he's a right guy hey joshua how are you I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Brooke? I'm very well. It's really good to talk to you. Thank you for staying up. Uh, well, well, it's past my bedtime, 9pm. I don't know if it's past your bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite yet. I'm still good for a little while longer. So. Yeah, you sound like an adult. See, I feel like I've got the bed, bedtime of an infant. I get to like <laughs> 7.30 at night and think, yeah, that's about me done. <laughs> no, I'm usually up. I, I don't know. I head to bed about 9 Okay. Well, you know, also it depends on the school year too. Well, that's true. Are you guys, are you still in summer mode or have you gone back to school? No, we've been back to school for what? She's starting our third week back at school. First grade. First grade? First grade. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, she just turned seven in July. Ah, she's close close in age to our daughter. Yeah. It's first grade is uh, actually really... It's a big year, or I mean, it is. I don't know if it sort of tracks. I'm sure it does in the states to here, but it's a big year for kids. I mean, lots of so much learning. It's just amazing to see them reading and starting to put together stories and that kind of thing. It's uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Uh, have you have you settled back in? Like, did you find that there was a transition period going from summer holidays back into the school year, or were you ready for it? Oh, I was ready. <laughs> I, th- I guess I kind of jumped the gun a little bit, but did you want to tell us a, a bit about yourself and your family and where you live? Uh, and then I'd love to kind of explore your your simplifying and slow living journey. Yeah. Um, well, I'm 33. I live in the States, Midwest, Indiana, um, just south of the state capital, Indianapolis, in a small town called Martinsville. And uh, my immediate family... They live around, close, 
But uh, my husband, Ryan, his family, he has family out of state, and he has family that's uh, a couple hours away, drives away. So he doesn't, you know, he doesn't see his family quite as much as I do. And so you guys have got a daughter. She's seven. Yes. uh, Elizabeth is seven. Uh, We have, let's see, we adopted her back in 2012. But we've had her ever since she's been two weeks old. Oh, wow. Yeah. We were, we kind of, we didn't know if we, if she would be coming to us or not. She was in a situation where her biological mother wasn't, they didn't know if she would be able to care for her or not. And so uh, we knew even before she was born about the situation and all. And we were like, yeah, we'll do this. We can do this no problem. So we were there when she was born, and we didn't know if she would be coming home with us immediately or not. But then two weeks later, after she was born, we got a phone call saying, hey, she's going to be headed your way. (laughs) So, yeah, it was very last minute and uh, some unexpected and expected at the same time because we knew there was a possibility. We just we had no idea what percentage of a possibility it would be. So you're kind of prepared, but, you know, not entirely certain. Uh, we, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were prepared to, you know, to take that on. We were entirely unprepared as for, <laughs> actually, you know, what supplies. <laughs> to, I, so we have to feed this baby how many times? <laughs> no, I'm... No, that's one of the great things about uh, having family nearby was that we were able to reach out. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I don't even know how many times I was on the phone with my mom asking numerous questions. Over, I still call her and ask her (laughs) questions. That's that's one of the best things about having a a support network of family nearby, isn't it? Particularly in those, those periods of newness you know you guys are establishing like this new normal situation uh and that takes like that takes time and i yeah i can never underestimate or overestimate rather how uh important that is to you know to have that support network so kind of moving into your your personal story your situation a few years ago uh you found yourself you know in pretty desperate need of change you know of of needing to simplify and slow down can you tell me a bit about what was happening in your life then and and what the catalyst was for you to start thinking about you know changing the way you guys were living i was working a full-time job i worked for my dad uh we we did floor covering and well he still actually he still does it um floor covering installation hardwood ceramic stuff like that Mm -hmm. and I worked for him about 10 years full-time, and Ryan, he worked, he was working at the hospital full-time and going to school, working on his master's full-time as well, and this was all while Elizabeth uh, was young. Right. Back, I would say, you know, one through age three, and uh, I've always been, even before Elizabeth, when it was just Ryan and I, I, I've always been the at, I don't, 
what is what would you even call it the homemaker i guess yeah i think there's i think in a lot of in a lot of relationships there is one person who's more inclined to those kind of tasks you know the, right. like the administration or the running of the house and that kind of thing so administration yes yeah. yes i had never heard of that uh, term used that way until kelly had mentioned <laughs> it yeah <laughs> home administration yeah. i'm like that's a great word for what i do it, it really is actually <laughs> yeah. she's a good one for coining phrases so um i had always been the home administrator basically with anything to do around the, the house and mostly i wanted i i wanted that i enjoyed doing that type of thing and i still do i'm working full-time ryan has a full-time job going to school full-time that would be me getting up early in the morning gathering up elizabeth making sure that she was fed taking her over to my mom. My mom would watch her during the day. And Ryan, before Elizabeth and I even woke up in the mornings, he was already at work. Right. He worked uh, 12-hour shifts and then with a half-hour commute. You know, he was gone like 13 to 14 hours a day. And uh, so I would go spend a full day's work with Dad. And then after work, I would, you know, gather up Elizabeth we would go back home and that's where I, you know, that's when I have to work on dinner, do the laundry, anything that I can do within that time to keep up with the house. Yeah. And, um, it became, oh, it became so repetitive. And I remember I never, I never seemed to be it, my mood. I never seemed to be in a decent mood. Ryan, of course, noticed this. So we, we talked, we tried to figure out what we could do to make this easier. And so, you know, we, he uh, brought up, well, maybe we can try you staying at home. Maybe we can make this work. Thought about it. It took quite a few months for us to actually say yes and make the leap and do it. But within those months, um, I remember that there was one day I came home. Elizabeth and I, we came home from work. And Ryan, I, I noticed that Ryan, he was home. He had gotten off work early or something, I don't remember. And so Elizabeth and I, we get inside and I'm like, yeah, this gives me a chance to actually, you know, get caught up on some work. And Ryan, he was exhausted from just the work full time and the schooling full time. I, I don't even know today how he managed mm -hmm. to get through that. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't, and, and, I, and I wasn't doing either of those. There was just one day that he was home, and I sat Elizabeth down with him, and I took off through the house. I was like, yes, I'm going to have time to pick up, clean up, put some stuff away, work on some things. And I walked through her Elizabeth's room, and I, I don't know what happened. Everything was so overwhelming. I remember, like, I just dropped to my knees and I started sobbing mm. and I start <laughs> rather than calling my mom I my, my mom she's like hardcore good friend of mine and so I, I just start texting her and I'm like I, do, I don't know what's wrong with me I can't stop crying I can't get my breath and every it, there's just like too much I don't know what to do and I didn't hear back from her until she walked into the room and said my name. She actually drove over. Oh, wow. Yeah, and she talked with me. She took me out to my back porch, and we talked a long time. 
time I told her everything that was up, just everything wearing me out. And she didn't, she didn't have any advice to give me. I, I hadn't come to that point yet. But she was just there for me, and we talked, and that was what I call my break yeah. that I had. Just that point of absolute overwhelm and then someone, you know, coming, you know, I don't know what it is with mums, but my mum was in a kind of similar support role for me when I had had a moment kind of like that, that was, again, like you, it was a lot of things building up over time, but then there's this moment of break, you know, and complete overwhelm. And it was my mum as well who was there. And, and, and I think just the simple act of them being there is, first of all, incredibly comforting but also uh you know it it's it puts in stark light you know everything that's important and then everything that's not and not that that helps necessarily in removing all the overwhelming excess and all that at at that moment but it it's serves as a really great kind of reminder and a spotlight that there is a lot going on here and we need like there needs to be a change yeah so from there uh you know had you were you still working at that point? Yes, mm. yes, I was. Um, I let's see. I probably four months after that is when we decided. Okay, I can stay home. We had already hashed out different things that we were going to do to be able, to, you know, to make it actually feasible. Yeah, and um, and also one of the one of the reasons why. Uh, I wanted to uh, stay home was uh, to actually be with Elizabeth. Mm. And I know that a lot of people aren't able to do that. I know that. And I don't know exactly. I wish I could say, tell them what to do. But I mean, I can only say what, you know, various things that we did to make it easy for us. What sort of steps did you guys take to... I guess consolidate finances and, and, you know, as you say, make it feasible. Well, um, we actually made a food budget (laughs) before it was like, um, we would go to the store. There was no grocery list, nothing like that. No food budget. It was, Oh, this looks good. Let's take that. Oh, this looks good. We'll, we'll add that to it as well. I mean, there was, we just, it was like putting food in the car. We got to eat. So let's put this food in the car and go to the checkout. But a food budget helped a lot. Uh, we probably, after we made a food budget, and it's what I still stick by, we probably saved at least about, I would say, 250 to $300 a month wow. on food. Yeah. It's so hard to even describe now because I haven't shopped like that. It's been over, it's been three years since I shopped like that. And it's somewhat embarrassing to even think about needless Food. I'm not even talking about just uh, any object put in the house. Food. There was so much needless food that was purchased. And it's just because I don't know how that even came to play. It's what people do, right? They yeah, fill up I their shopping cart. Exactly, well, exactly. You know, and I think when you – and I did that for years as well. If you don't have a plan – you know, particularly with food shopping, you kind of go and you've got a rough idea of what you need and then you think, well, I'll just grab an extra one of those and, oh, I really like that kind of thing and these are on special, this is in season. And, you know, before you know it, it's an extra $100 in, in the shopping trolley. Uh, so I, I get it and it, it happens really 
sort of quietly. It's not like you you go in there thinking I'm, I'm going to overspend on food. Yay. It's just, you know, if you don't have it budgeted out, then that can happen really easily. So that's, I mean, that's a really helpful, practical kind of step to take, I guess, financially as well to, you know, to, to start to, to um, lighten the load in that regard. We also, we stopped um, eating out as much as well. Right. That saves tons of money yes. eating out and coffees. Yep. I, rem- I would go to the coffee shop and get either once a day I would purchase a latte or sometimes twice a day I would purchase a latte. That adds up so much over, I've, I don't remember what it is now, but I've, uh, I've calculated it and it is quite a bit of savings. You know, I did something similar recently. Uh, like we, I used to buy at least one coffee a day back in the day. Uh, and now it's maybe a couple of times a week. I'll go and have a coffee at my favorite coffee shop. But adding right. that up, you know, if it's sort of sort of three or four dollars a day, maybe five days a week, kind of thirty five dollars a week, something like that, and you start to <laughs> add that up. Times are look at 50. that utility bill I just drank. Totally. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. and I think. Well, they, all those sort of those changes when we're talking about making a shift, either financially or you know whatever, we can kind of poo-poo those little things, thinking, oh, that's not going to make a big difference. But you start to add up those numbers, and then you you multiply it out by a year, and that's a huge difference. You know, if you're look, if right. you're looking at thousands of dollars in coffee alone, and then you add takeaway meals or like unplanned grocery purchases, like that's a you know that's a significant chunk of change. It is. And now, you know, when we do go out and have a coffee, it's, it's so much more special. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a treat. So. Exactly. Exactly. So did you then, I mean, you, you, you're, you guys obviously needed to make some shifts in order for you to be able to stay at home. And once you'd done that, once you'd made that transition to being at home, what other changes did you make to help start simplifying? I mean, did you go initially into like decluttering and simplifying your physical space or did you spend more time you know simplifying your time or working on like mindfulness things like that actually quitting my job i would say that was my first step to slowing down okay decluttering i would say i noticed that it probably maybe four months into me staying at home and being surrounded by what i was surrounded by (laughs) I think it's funny. Everyone says, uh, I wasn't a hoarder or anything like that, (laughs) but but I really wasn't a hoarder. (laughs) Um, It's just all that stuff, Brooke. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about because I've said that exact line before. I was never a hoarder or anything like that. I just had lots of stuff. (laughs) I've heard so many people say that, and I just had my chance to say it. (laughs) You've joined the club. Yes. But I think, you know, I think that's actually the majority of people's situations. It's just an excess of things. It's not like it's it's nothing like a genuine hoarding disorder where people really struggle mentally to separate from their stuff. But right. we we are typically surrounded by just a whole heap of stuff, you know. Um, where did you first notice it and where did you first start, start to declutter? Well, like I said, it took like four months for me to realize it. Which is funny because I never noticed it before mm. when life was when life for me was so busy and overwhelming. Um, I never noticed all of this stuff before until I was at home. 
and I was surrounded by it day in and day out. And in order for me to clean this and in order for me to do that, I have to, you know, get a bowl out of the cabinet. I have to do 20 things before (laughs) I get that bowl out of the cabinet. So I noticed that there was so much stuff and I was tired of, we, we have three cats and two dogs. So needless to say, I vacuum once a day. I have to. (laughs) Sometimes, you you know, sometimes, depending upon what's going on, I can skip a day. And I've been known to skip a weekend, so it's cool. But for me to vacuum, I would have to move so many things around to do a decent job. And um, so one night, I got on the Google, and I looked up declutter i typed it in and i found so many and i'm sure you know exactly what that's like too (laughs) i found so many things i didn't learn all of that at once it seems like i've done a section at a time and by section i would say um, actually decluttering versus you know minimalism versus zero waste versus even mindfulness i i didn't learn about all of that stuff all at once I, th- I think it came as it was needed. It came in a good amount of time. I think it's a really nice way of looking at it, actually, because I know the tendency can really be for people to to really dive headfirst into this, you know, this desire to, to simplify. And then they're hit square in the face with all the different ways that we can slow down and simplify all at once. And it can be really overwhelming. And I know that I, I've fallen into that into that trap before where I I start to to focus on one thing, but then I'm introduced to this other area of simplifying and then there's mindfulness and then there's, you know, zero waste. And as you say, there's so many elements to it that if we're not kind of focused and intentional on on the thing that we're working on in that moment, it can, it can be really tempting to start beating ourselves up saying I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing it well enough or I'm not doing it the right way. And we were talking, you know, before we hit record, but I just don't think there is a right way. And it's so nice to hear you say that that information sort of arrived to you as you needed it rather than feeling overwhelmed. That's really nice to hear. So I know that you're a big proponent of experiences over stuff. And so am I, like I, I I would do so much to, you know, to provide experiences for my family and make memories and spend time together rather than buy the next big thing. With a seven-year-old daughter, do you, uh, do you ever, (laughs) do you ever face opposition from her on that front? No, not really. She's, um, I've explained things to her. I I mean, well, she's never really in a situation where she toys. That's, that's exactly what every Mm seven-year-old wants. They want toys. She's not in a situation to actually see advertisements yep. for them. So that's really, that part's covered pretty well. But also she's, we've been doing this for about three years now. So it's basically. That's all she's really ever known. Yeah. 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 That's all she's ever known. I think that makes it a lot easier. I mean, I asked that question mostly because I, that's something I'm asked a lot by other parents and we're in quite a similar situation to you that that's really all our kids have ever known. You know, I came to this, the beginning of this sort of simplifying uh, when our daughter was probably two. So similarly, she doesn't really know a lot. We don't watch commercial TV. That makes, I can't describe how much of a difference that makes, I think, in the in the pestering and the wanting of, you know, whatever the new on-trend toy is for seven-year-olds at the, at the moment. 
Um, yeah, but I, I w- I'm always curious about that and how different families kind of broach that that issue of doing things maybe slightly differently to their peers or their friends. So you talk to her about like an ac- you're actively choosing to spend your time or your money or your energy on experiences rather than things. And I will even give her a heads up. Yep. You know, around the holidays, I'll give her a heads up and be like, hey, people are going to be asking you or even me what, you know, what would you like for Christmas Mm -hmm. this year? And so and I will tell her, you know, these are your options. You you can tell them that you wanted this toy, whatever it may be, or you can tell them, hey, maybe I can get a gift card and I can get a couple movies with that gift card and, you know, or even to a restaurant. She she loves that. She loves the gift card idea. It sounds, you know, it does, it sounds really cold and impersonal, a gift card, but... No, I think it's, I think it's awesome. I really do. And I think we should be encouraging it because, you know, people, again, we're the same. People will ask what the kids might want for a birthday. And we will almost always say, if you don't have anything specifically that you desperately want to buy them... Cash or a gift card is fine because we really encourage them to save up for things as well, uh, you know, which I think teaches them a whole range of lessons, you know, not not the least of which is like the value of a dollar and saving and ownership of something when they've worked really hard to save and saved all their pocket money and they can finally buy this thing that they've been wanting for ages or take the money away as spending money when we go on a holiday or whatever it is um but i i I just think it's fantastic and i think it's awesome to hear that she she's engaged and embraced that at such a young age yeah that's right and she and she knows as well um if she gets a a replacement for something um example actually ryan he just uh she needed she needed a new lunchbox and so uh he brings in the new lunchbox for her and she wanted to donate her previous one and that works yeah and i think that that just comes from talking about it openly doesn't it you know not necessarily being super forceful about these things but i think particularly at the age that that both of our daughters are actually uh they they're really quite aware of that kind of thing you know and our daughter recently asked if i could help her to she didn't use the word declutter but that's basically what she wanted me to help her do in her room she said because I like I don't feel calm in there uh, and that's not an idea that I've ever explicitly explained to her but I thought it was just really interesting that she had had taken on this idea that our environment can impact how we're feeling and that she wanted to do something about it and I think that that's in part because we're just where we we talk about it a lot we're often you know, simplifying and donating things or letting things go or passing them on. And it's just been part of their life from from forever as far as they can remember. And I think that that, as they start to make those decisions themselves, hopefully anyway, will we'll keep, keep coming through. Right. And I can't even imagine what it would be like, you know, if she had already established ideas on what to keep and what not yeah, to keep. I definitely think it would be harder. To, to somewhat... I guess it would be changing her values, right? Well, yeah, and I think that, as you say, once they've got their own <laughs> their own opinion of things, it's it's not impossible, but I imagine it would be really difficult for you know for families to then change so drastically, even if it is over time. Um, I think that the the process of maybe convincing people would would certainly take a lot longer, and 
maybe be a bit more fraught and uh yeah no I don't I don't I don't envy that <laughs> at all so another thing that I know uh you've you've spoken about a bit before is your passion for the environment and you know doing what we can to to look after the planet and I know you've made some changes at home just in terms of cutting down on your utilities and things like that uh, what sort of changes have you guys made over the, uh, the last couple of years and what sort of, what sort of you know, benefit have you seen? Well, um, the, the changes are basically, they're just the most mundane, boring, simple <laughs> things that you could do. Um, things that I think that all people should do. And, and they're really just habits. I'm a sucker for a good habit. So um, uh, changes like uh, simple things like you leave a room, you shut that light off. Small things like that add up to a lot. I hang the laundry out to dry depending upon the humidity outside. Um, I'm always watching the weather and that goes into uh, watering the gardens too. I haven't even mentioned you, Brooke. Um, I sort of have a seasonal job here at home. I grow food, uh, vegetables for a CSA. I have subscribers that sign up for my growing season and they get like a box of produce weekly during my growing season. Um, It's a 22 week season. So I'm all the time paying attention to the weather as as for watering. I even used, I got the idea from Bia Johnson. Ryan thought I was pretty crazy for this one. But but I do it because it's so handy. I have a uh, stainless steel large uh, canning pot that I keep behind our shower. It, our shower is like a clawfoot tub shower, and so I'm able to hide this behind there. But whenever I turn the water on to take a shower while I'm waiting for the water t- to get to temperature, I fill up this bucket. And I fill up this bucket once every two days that's how long it takes for me to fill it up and when it's filled up i use that water and i water my uh, vegetable starts my plant starts while i'm while i'm getting them started and i'll even fill up the bucket and toss it outside on a row of tomatoes if i need to um just small things like that uh, uh, we've seen our utilities decrease our water bill has gone down our electric consumption has gone down our gas consumption and it's it's basically it's just from habits Mm. changing habits and doing small things i think it just goes back to what we're talking about with the coffee and you know eating out as well they just seem like such small measures but that doesn't mean that they're not valuable and i think when we start to add all of these small measures up it makes something really significant so i think that's one of the biggest takeaways from our conversation so far is just do not underestimate the power of really small seemingly insignificant changes because i think it's a perfect example of showing how they actually aren't insignificant at all and i think if everyone was making those smaller insignificant quote-unquote changes it would make a huge impact and if they were if I think if they were um, a bunch of large changes, I think it wouldn't be as, you know, easy. I agree. It would be that much more stressful. Yes, exactly. And then it goes into the idea of, you know, overwhelm and things like that. But everyone can turn off a a light switch when they leave the room. 
<laughs> you know, everyone, <laughs> everyone can, can actually do that. A three-year-old can do that. Uh, and I think that that's, yeah, that's a really important, important lesson to kind of, for everyone to, to be reminded of for sure. And we're all, we're all surrounded by electronic, electric everything. Mm-hmm. So things that aren't being used, turn it off. It's okay. You can turn it off. Turn the lights off, the ceiling fans, if you're not in the room. It just, all those small things add up. They do. Absolutely. If you could talk to yourself five years ago from where you are now, is there anything that you would, would share with past Joshua? I would have to tell myself that letting go of all the stuff and stuff that word, every time I say stuff, my face tightens up (laughs) you know letting go of all that stuff physical objects or non-physical relationships the joneses Mm -hmm. it's okay to just let it go i don't have to solve every single problem at the end of every single day it's okay to let things go on over to the next day everything's not perfect all the time i would try to beat that in my former self's head (laughs) so hard (laughs) because he needed it a lot i think there's so much freedom in that realization though isn't there that it's okay (laughs) you know both letting go is is man it's so it's so freeing like the physical possession physical freedom of letting go of all that stuff and then the i don't know about you but I didn't realize how heavy all of that stuff was until I didn't have to carry it around anymore. <laughs> you know, it was a physical lightness that I felt and still feel if ever we we let go of something now. It's this physical relief that the the things that we own in some measure they own us and I think the less of that that we that we have to carry around the you know the the better for for all of us. And I think so there's so much freedom in that, but then also so much freedom in that idea of just letting go, not only of the stuff, but also the expectations and, you know, the keeping up with the Joneses, all of that stuff. I think it's, yeah, it, that's just such a nice summation of, of what waits on the other side of, of starting to slow down and simplify. Thank you so much for sharing some of your story with me. I re- I, you know, I was saying before we, we hit record, but... I just love these conversations because it always gives me it's always a reminder first of all of of you know the the small things that we can all do but also that no one comes at this from the same place and I think that that's another element of this idea of letting go like we don't need to do slow living perfectly there's no such thing just make those small changes and take those small steps every day and we're going to be in a position in a year's time that we didn't think that we'd be able to get to uh, you know, 12 months before. So, uh, but thank you so much for, for staying up past my bedtime, not your bedtime. <laughs> Talk to me. Past my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanks for having me. No, it's a, it's a pleasure. Jack Rabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.